good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with today's COVID numbers. Thailand logged 11,786 new COVID-19 cases, the fewest since July 20th, and 136 more fatalities during the previous 24 hours the Public Health Ministry announced on Tuesday morning. There were 11,515 cases in the general population and 271 among prison inmates. On Monday, 14,738 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the coronavirus. Around the country, we saw Bangkok with 2,788 cases, Chonburi with 955, Prachapkiri Khan with 95 cases, Chiang Mai with 96, Chiang Rai with 13, Krabi 22, Suratani with 252, Panya Province with 69, and finally Phuket, which had 249 cases. So as you can see, the numbers are definitely dropping. There definitely seems to be light at the end of the tunnel for this third wave. And it happens to coincide with the uh, Prime Minister's plan to at least partially reopen the country next month. Hopefully things continue to go as they're going and we'll start to see a lot of restrictions reduced here in the kingdom. Now our first story of the day. Several incentives approved to attract long-staying foreign investors, wealthy foreigners. Today, Thailand's cabinet approved, in principle, a measure to attract high-potential foreigners, including wealthy retirees and specialists, to stay long-term in the country in a bid to promote foreign investment and to improve the struggling economy. The spokesman for the government said that Thailand has set a target to attract as many as 1 million of these classes of foreigners in the next five years, with an expectation that their spending and investment during a five-year period will inject 1 trillion baht into the Thai economy, including about 800 million baht in foreign investment investment and 270 billion baht in taxes. He also said the arrival of foreign experts attracted by this measure will help strengthen the private business sector which the government aims to promote, including industry, services, infrastructure and logistics, in line with the 20-year national strategic plan. The four groups the government would like to lure to Thailand include high-income earners, foreign retirees, experts in various fields and those who want to use Thailand as their base for work. To attract these high-potential individuals, a new long-term resident visa or smart visa will be introduced, under which they will be granted some privileges such as not being required to notify Thai authorities every 90 days. Tanakorn said that laws and regulations regarding land ownership will also be amended to attract foreign investors, adding that other incentives including tax exemptions and allowing foreigners who want to use Thailand as their workplace to work for their employers abroad or here in Thailand. The requirements that four Thai nationals will have to be employed for every foreigner hired will also be lifted, he added. The Board of Investment, the Interior and Labour Ministries, the Royal Thai Police, the Finance Ministry and National Economic and Social Development Council have been assigned by the Cabinet to develop a deep detailed plan for the implementation of this ambitious scheme. The NESDC has also been assigned to assess this scheme every five years, including all the incentives, and consider extending any of the incentives as it thinks fit. So this is Thailand trying to lure in the uh, golden whale, always thinking 
that people with tons of money want to come and invest it in Thailand for some reason. I've never considered Thailand a investment-friendly country. I found that the laws here are archaic in relation to doing business as a foreigner. And personally, I wouldn't really invest any of my own money in this country because it's very hard to get your own money out of this country too. They don't make things easy. So I think they're dreaming right here. And I think they have this notion that just like the Tourism Authority of Thailand, that everybody wants to come to Thailand, you know, that loads of people, lots of rich people want to bring their money into Thailand to invest it and start businesses and live here long term, you know, etc, etc. I I just don't see it and I don't believe it. So I'll ask you guys out there, what do you think about this new scheme? Do you think they're just trying to do a quick money grab? Do you think people would be interested in this? Or do you think it's just a whole lot of nonsense? Love to know your comments down below in the comment section. And now some travel news. Thailand tipped to be removed from UK's red list. There is renewed hope for British expats that travel restrictions between Thailand and the UK could be eased later this week. On Thursday, the British government is set to update its green, amber and red list. Countries on the red list, which include Thailand, are expected to shift to less restrictive amber or green rules following a drop in COVID rates, experts say. This should hopefully mean that people travelling to the UK from Thailand will not be required to undergo mandatory 14-day hotel quarantine, which currently costs approximately £2,000 per person. Meanwhile, the UK could also be about to scrap its green, amber and red traffic light system on travel restrictions altogether, according to a key spokesperson for the travel industry. Paul Charles, chief executive of the PC agency, tweeted, The traffic light system is expected to be scrapped by October 1. At last, airlines and some of us in the sector are aware of plans to create a simpler system where countries are either red or not. This would be the US model in effect, which I've been calling for. A new system based on the vaccination status of travellers could be under consideration instead. A little bit of good news for Thailand, though. I read before Thailand actually went on the red list that they had planned. There was talk about them going on to the red list back then and then it didn't happen. And then a week later, it did happen. So this could be a little bit more of that. I personally don't think the vaccination rate is high enough with the daily COVID numbers for them to be taken off. I do agree that the systems for these traffic light systems are a little bit ridiculous. Personally, I believe if you're vaccinated, you should be able to travel anywhere you like in the world. There should be no restriction for a fully vaccinated person. If countries are considering this whole safety and taking precautionary measures, then that should be the case. There's also still a lot of vaccine discrimination around the world. If you look at the European Union, America, the UK, they don't accept a lot of vaccines from different parts of the world. So for example, if you've been injected in Thailand with Thai AstraZeneca, that's AstraZeneca made in Thailand, it is not accepted by the European Medical Agency. It's not accepted in the UK and it's not as accepted in the US. So technically, you're not vaccinated according to them, even though you may have had two shots of your AstraZeneca. Now, Germany and France do accept it, but the rest do not in the European Union. The same with other vaccine types like Sinovac and Sinovarm, who have been approved by the World Health Organization, but have not been approved by various agencies around the world. It's a little bit of a strange one, to be honest. And if you look, for example, at China. China represents a huge fortune in the travel industry for European countries. So at some point, they're going to have to recognize Sinovac and Sinopharm because their entire country is vaccinated with those vaccines. 
I would say that will probably happen when reciprocal travel arrangements between the EU and China open up. Now, people should also know it's just not Thai AstraZeneca that's not accepted in the European Union or uh, the UK. It's actually AstraZeneca that's produced in South Korea, Japan, India, and Australia right now. So hopefully AstraZeneca will get their act together. Now, another issue is that AstraZeneca produced in those different locations around the world have to be World Health Organization approved. So each production facility has to get approved by the World Health Organization. That's another issue and that takes longer and the process is drawn out as well. But hopefully in the near future, we'll start to see all the AstraZeneca's accepted throughout the world and in the European Union, the UK and America. Now our next story, country to rejig reopening model. Thailand is rethinking its reopening model as it will adopt the one SOP, one system, that's OSAS policy, scrapping both mandatory quarantine and sealed routes for all pilot areas within this year and cutting COVID-19 test costs by half. The reopening plan for five more areas, Pattaya, Chiang Mai, Hua Hin, Cha Am and Bangkok, will be submitted to the CCSA next week in order to start receiving inoculated tourists from October 1, while Samui Plus will pivot to a quarantine-free destination at the same time, said Yutasak Supasorn, the Tourism Authority of Thailand Governor. Under this plan, every province will apply the same SOP standard, which will enable tourists to travel freely within designated areas in each province, he said. Tourists are simply required to follow the guidelines such as activating the More China app and being checked daily by SHA Plus managers instead of being kept in quarantine or only traveling under a tour program, Mr. Yutasak said. He said the agency is also in discussion with health authorities about reducing the price from around 8,000 baht for three RT-PCR tests, which is considered an obstacle for the reopening program in both Phuket Sandbox and Smoothie Plus over the past few months. We will try to half the RT-PCR price and allow tourists to use antigen test kits for their second and third tests. The package price should be universally applied to every province from October, including the Phuket Sandbox, he said. The OSOS also eliminates different measures which each pilot province was preparing, such as Pattaya and Chiang Mai, that previously opted for partial quarantine and sealed routes, respectively. However, TAT this week still has to discuss further with the tourism sector in Chiang Mai and Bangkok about the plan for these two areas, particularly the capital, which include 21 inner districts, plus Bang Pi in Samut Prakan, where Suvanaboom Airport is located. Tanit Supasong Sunsi, acting president of the Chamburi Tourism Council, said Bang Lamung and Satip will be the first two districts in the reopening program. The province will propose the plan to let tourists travel within these two areas as soon as they get a negative RT-PCR results. They also can choose to stay at any SHA Plus hotel. The two districts have already 21 certified hotels. He said 63% of residents in both districts here were vaccinated and they should reach the 70% mark by the proposed reopening date. The president of the Tourism Association of Koh Samui said there are a few adjustments to, for the Samui Plus quarantine plan. Tourists who enter via this program have to spend their first seven days in Samui Island and then can travel to Kopanyang or Koh Tao from day eight. Well, we finally found out what the Tourism Authority of Thailand are actually good at, making up acronyms. And we have another one, OSAS. I don't know what it is and I don't care. The article starts off by discussing eliminating sealed routes, but then continues to talk about only sealed routes. And that has me pretty much confused about the whole idea of rejigging everything. Now, apparently the OSAS system that they're talking about would mean that everywhere would have the same rule, which in theory sounds like a good thing. So Patio can't have a sealed route. Chiang Mai can't have a sealed route, but I don't get what it means. If you can't have a sealed route, then can people just freely go around, freely travel around? 
But then it goes back to saying that they have to stay in the sealed route. So it doesn't make any sense at all. What's missing in all of this and what seems to have gone over their head is why people are not coming. Firstly, there's no mention of abandoning and getting rid of the certificate of entry, which is just cumbersome at best. They're talking about reducing the cost of the RT-PCR tests and having people doing one RT-PCR maybe an arrival and then two other tests after that. That would be rapid antigen. Again, it's not the cost that's putting people off. Well, it is. But also, it's the fact that you have to do this many tests. That's the other issue. You're on holiday. You're here to relax. You're not here to be swabbed, have your nose swabbed every five days to keep the Thai government happy. And they seem to have lost complete focus of the idea of tourism and travel and going to see a foreign country for 10 days to relax. Because none of this is relaxing. And if they want to create one SOP for the whole country then create one SOP, but then also eliminate all the other nonsense that you have going with it. People's biggest complaints are certificate of entry, the massive swab testing that they have to do, the insurance, the expensive insurance. And there are three things that you have not addressed in your statement to the media. In fact, you've avoided it and you've said, well, we'll just reduce the price. That's not what bothers people. As I said, it's having to get all these tests when you're a fully vaccinated traveler and they seemingly just don't understand what's going on. Now there's also talk that Hatia will be part of the sealed root program and even though they said they're getting rid of the sealed root programs it's going to be part of the sealed root program. You will be able to fly and do seven days in Pattaya and then seven days in Phuket if you want or vice versa. I just don't see it being something that's going to really attract people. Let's get the population right now vaccinated to a certain level and when it gets to that certain level open up the country like most European countries did. They waited till they got to a certain level of vaccination within their population. And once they got to that level, they reopened. My own country, Ireland now, reopened pretty much fully now. Travel in is perfectly fine as long as you're vaccinated. There are rules, but if you're a vaccinated traveler, you can enter. If you're not vaccinated, and if you're not from one of these designated countries with high risk in terms of COVID, you have to do 14 days home quarantine, and you can get out of your 14 days home quarantine by doing a PCR test on day five. And if that's negative, you're free to leave quarantine and get on with things. It's not that difficult to come up with simple rules for people. Spain require you just fill out an online form before you arrive. Nobody asks for anything when you get there from what a friend of mine within the TUI network has told me, the travel agency group has told me. Many countries are like this. Just fill out a locator form when you arrive and there you go. But not Thailand. Thailand has to make everything as complicated as possible. There is no such thing as making things easy for people. And I believe this is all about the mentality of having control over everybody who comes into the country. It's a military mentality. That's why you have all these generals in charge of departments and associations and everything. It's all, it's all about control of the people. And that's what the problem is here. A proper businessman running the Tourism Authority of Thailand would tell you right now, all oh, this is nonsense. Scrap it all. The only way we're getting people in is by opening up vaccinated maybe one test before you leave that's it they wouldn't be going through all this stuff and the money it costs to create all these SOPs and all these standards and roll out all this stuff you know I was just thinking the last day in Phuket they spoke last month that 129 million Thai baht was spent in medical in relation to the sandbox now the only way that amount of money is being spent is from the RT-PCR tests and they have like four or five testing facilities in, in each area of stay so that's where you can go only to get your, your test. Now, who owns these places? 
Who's making this 129 million in a month? You'd love to know. I'd love to know. And, and you know, I'm going to try and find out who's making the money from all this. I think this whole little sandbox thing is just one big scam to keep a few people very, very happy. Keep a lot of money in people's pockets. Rich people only normally. Because as we've seen, the little guy is not making any money out of any of this. So I think it's time the government start to wake up, understand that the Thai people want to earn a living, that the country is not all about the big hotel chains and the big multinational companies, because they're not the ones suffering right now. The people that are suffering are the ones lying on the street with nowhere to live, no food to eat, going to get handouts every day, who lost their jobs a year and a half ago. They're the people who are suffering. And there seems to be no thought for any of those people getting them re-employed in the hospitality industry and kick-starting the economy in this country. And it needs to happen soon because the government just seemed to not have any money to support anyone, but have plenty of money to come up with nonsensical schemes and catchphrases and acronyms. That's what they have. So look, I may sound a bit frustrated, but you know, I know a lot of people who are in this industry who are suffering. And when they see this thing with the government each and every week and the nonsense coming out of this Suppasorn Yutasak, the governor of the Tat, they just roll their eyes up and go, what world are you living in? Time to wake up, man. We've got no money in our pockets. Time to wake up. Surely the lack of people who've come in through the Phuket sandbox should be an eye opener for you. Why haven't they be coming in? They never think like that because, you know, they'd lose face if they had to admit that they were wrong and all their systems were wrong. But anyway, we'll leave it at that and we'll pop into the next story. Our next story, May Kampong in Chiang Mai opens for visitors. The community of May Kampong is COVID-free and it invites you to visit now that the rains are ending and the winter winds soon to blow. Strict measures have been instituted in the community with local residents taking all necessary precautions for both themselves and visitors. May Kampong proudly proclaims the fact that not one member of its community has contracted the virus since the start of the pandemic, a record they intend to continue to keep. Tourists, mainly Thai, are beginning to visit Mei Kempang over the past few weeks, drawn to the quiet tranquil of the area, its charming cafes, delicious restaurants and untouched nature. According to a representative of the community, Mei Kampong, whose economy relies on tourism, has lost about 80% of its income. Now that Mei Kampong is following amazing Thailand Safety and Health Administration, SHA standards, it is hoping that visitors will soon return. Now, I was in Mei Kampong last year, I think it was around... November or December and I have to tell you it's a lovely place really it is very tranquil it's beautiful there's some lovely waterfalls some lovely cafes I had a little bite to eat there you can buy some really delicious Chiang Mai sausage I highly recommend going there if you're ever up there go visit the place it's really really lovely Migrant workers to return, but at a cost. Businesses will be permitted by the Labour Ministry to import migrant workers once again, but at a steep cost associated with COVID-19 surveillance. Employment of Myanmar, Laos and Cambodian nationals will be secured under a Memorandum of Understanding signed with the respective countries as part of an effort to fill the void created in the labour sector by workers returning home en masse as the situation worsened. Emerging at a migrant policy management meeting yesterday, Labour Minister Suchar Chomklin said business operators will be able to apply to recruit migrant workers at provincial employment offices. On lodging each application, employers must pay a work permit fee of 1,900. Once the workers arrive, they will undergo three RT-PCR tests, each costing 1,300 baht, and a 14-day quarantine at state-certified facilities, charging 500 baht per day or 7,000 for the entire quarantine duration. In addition, the employer must pay for the workers' COVID-19 medical insurance worth 900 baht. 
That amounts to a sum of 14,000 baht per worker for employers and excludes the cost of travel and visas. Now, it's pretty steep, to be honest, 14,000 baht before they've even got their travel down or got their visas. My fear here will be that employers will exploit these workers and anything they pay up in advance will be taken out of their salaries as each month passes by, which will be not fair and end up causing more hardship to these people in the long run. So hopefully maybe a little more scrutiny of these policies is needed. And now for the Phuket news. Yesterday we had 251 local COVID-19 transmissions. Two of those came from the Sandbox program. We had 86 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme. They arrived on two Singapore airline flights. 162 travellers tested negative for COVID during their second test with one testing positive, while there were no reported infections during the third and final swab test of 233 tourists. Since the 1st of July, 31,721 travellers have availed of the Sandbox program. In other Phuket news, Patong bars defy national order to open as restaurants. Bars along Patong's famed Bangla Road have reopened as restaurants with some venues selling alcohol in order to serve some customers and make a living in open defiance of a national order for all pubs, bars and other entertainment venues to remain closed as a COVID-19 prevention measure. The search for Florine Hallerman, 56, the general manager of Zivola Resort on PP Island, who has not been seen since last Saturday, September 11, continued today with more than 50 people joining the search. During the course of the search, the body of a Thai man was found and has now intensified the search for the missing hotel manager. And finally, Aunjai Clinic to cater for ATK positive tests. The Phuket government is preparing to set up an Anjai clinic to administer advice and basic treatment for people who are tested positive by antigen test kits or ATKs and who have been referred to hospital. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.